This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been very good and it's good to be back after a little hiatus for A little hiatus, Russell. You went away for a long time, but it's nice to have you back. However, I have some questions for you because... You're not the only one here, Russell. I'm not. And we've got a slightly different Barkcast for everyone. Normally, we, we would obviously be answering questions. All the questions that came in over Christmas and New Year. We've because... Got, we've got quite a few to get through, to be fair. A lot of people did get dogs over the New Year, so they wanted to ask you some questions. And we are going to get through those sharpishly. However, we do have some rather exciting news. Got Ooh. a few things, got a few developments for this particular year here at Canine Point. One of which is we have just formed a new partnership with a UK company. Uh, Simon Mallon Canine Training and Consultancy. And our plan for later this year and onwards from there is to launch some new courses. In particular, courses training certified explosives and narcotics detection dogs. So without further ado, because he's here with us in the studio today, I thought I would introduce Simon Mallon himself. Hello, Simon. Good to have you here. Hi. Uh, no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> pressure at all. This is live to the world. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, my name's Simon Mallon. I'm from uh, Cardiff in, in Wales, UK. Uh, so I run a training business um, back home. and I've also done lots of training around the, the world. Uh, I specialize in detection training, whether that be explosives, drugs, um, weird and wonderful stuff on the anti-poaching side of things, uh, patrol dogs, security dogs, tracking dogs, all sorts. So these are uh, not courses that I've sort of made up myself, although I've been doing this a very long time. Uh, they're courses that are endorsed um, by an organization called NASDA. Mm -hmm. NASDA is the National Association of Security Dog Users, um, which is sort of the main organization association in the UK uh, with an international sort of remit to it. So, um, as you know, I've, yeah. I've, <laughs> you and I have got together. Well. And this has been going on uh, via Zoom and, and drawing boards mm. and uh, chit-chats and WhatsApp for quite some time. Let me jump in quickly, sure. if I may, before you jump in, Russell. Um, how did you two get together? Well, it's funny you should mention that. We actually, uh, we worked out, we spoke a number of years ago with regards to, I was looking at doing some of the courses that we're going to be running here this year. Um, I was looking at maybe doing some years ago when Simon... Um, through his operation in the UK. For your own from, personal Just for myself, just personally, out, out of interest. It was very, very cool stuff. Um, it didn't happen at that particular point. And then Simon reached out uh, at the end of last year. Yeah, so I, I was always, uh, um, well, I've trained all around the world. And I sort of go in, do training, and then go back to the UK and then fly back and forth if there was a requirement. So I've, I've, I've been, I'm aware that there's a lack of training and facilities in what I do um, over this side of the, the continent. In fact, there, there isn't anything. Um, so my plan is to bring these, the, the UK sort of qualifications and standards here to Asia. Um, I reached out to Russell because predominantly of his facility and the location of Phuket. Um, 
and he's got everything I need. So we've we've been chatting. Um, I like his style. I like the professionalism side of it. Uh, and we can work together with that. <laughs> Sorry, did my eye... <laughs> no, just raise an eyebrow at the professionalism side. I'll uh, let that slide. <laughs> Simon, can I just... Uh, and, and this isn't a, a normal Bartcast, but can I... Yeah, do, do, do you mind if I jump in? Simon, what's your background? Why did you get into dogs? That's a good, uh, good question. So... Um, Rewind to a child, I sort of grew up in, in that environment. Mum and dad had boarding kennels. Um, my dad did a full career in the army. I joined the army at 17 to be a dog handler. And that's where I initially learned my, my trade. Um, when I came out of the army, I actually went over to the Philippines and did some training there for a number of years, which sort of got the, the buzz for traveling, if you like. I worked in Iraq and Afghan uh, as a contractor. Uh, all dogs. Um, so I've got 30 plus years behind me. I enjoy training, but uh, I probably enjoy training the handlers more than I do dogs. If somebody asks me that question, I find that they, they come together. Um, but if you gave me six dogs to train on my own, I'd probably be a little bit bored because it's a bit of a conveyor belt. But when you throw a, a handler into the mix as well, um, it, it brings a whole other load of challenges with you. So um yeah, in a nutshell, that's that's it. And you said that you train around the world when when you get calls. What who who's asking you to come over? Um, well, I'll give you some examples. So I've been in Saudi. I run an explosive course there for Kaus University. Um, so they're um, sort of a private security organisation that are of a slightly higher level, if you like. So they've got explosive search dogs there. Um, Kenya, I'm, I've done a lot there. Lots, some of that's on the anti-poaching side. So I've supplied tracking dogs uh, from the UK. I've recruited from rangers. So I've gone through a whole assessment process, selected rangers, trained them as dog handlers over a 12-week process. And they're out there tracking poachers, if you like. Um, in fact, that's quite successful because there hasn't been a single poaching incident since the dogs have been there. It's just awesome. the fear of the dogs. Um yeah, so it could be government, um, could be private security, as in more corporate security, if you like. So the bigger security companies. Um, I've done work for hotel chains um, that have got explosive search dogs working there. I do a lot of consultancy work. So if someone, an organization, are employing dogs, um, whether it be explosives or, or patrol, um, they, they would bring me in and say, have a look at these. What do you think of them? Are they the required standard? What can we do to improve things? That type of thing. Excellent. So the plan from from Cannon Point Academy then from this year is that we'll be hosting as a host venue for these courses. Yeah. Which isn't just open to obviously people in Phuket, but it's obviously the wider region. So whether it's individuals that want to gain an internationally recognized global standard for this particular work, we will have the courses for them. And indeed, if there are other corporate entities or even government institutions that want to have their dog handler teams trained to that global standard level, that we were able to to do that as well. And bearing in mind, there's nothing in the region that can really do that as a as a host venue with the accreditation. It kind of 
really raises the bar, I would say, for the level of training that would be available in the region. So the, the, the industry in the in the UK is, has grown arms and legs over the last 20 to 30 years. Or pause. Surely pause. Or pause. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh dear. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that can travel. And, you know, we, we weren't where we should have been 30 years ago, which is why I, I've sort of been involved with um, NASDU from, from its inception. And I can see that traveling elsewhere, improving, improving standards, you put improved standards, and then an industry will hopefully grow from it. Um, so it could be individuals, as Russell said, um, and it could be individuals not necessarily from here, from, from anywhere. I mean, I, I, I'm already getting inquiries from my UK customers saying, oh, <laughs> can I, can cheeky I, holiday, cheeky holiday, can whilst I, we do the course. Yeah. Can I do the same course and the same qualification in Phuket? Okay, yes, you can. Just break it down for someone like me. You're talking about this course and qualification. So, mm-hmm. if I could, I join your course, and if uh, as a a dog owner, semi part time dog owner, um, now owner of two cats. Yeah, <laughs> bless me. Um, could I just come on your course? And if so, is it a beginner's course? Do you have an intermediate it's, course? And do I need a dog? So that's, that's a very good question. Um, I'd need to have a chat with you. Why, why do you want to do this? Is it for fun or is it because you want a change in career? Um, I've always been interested in, and when you said you was in the army with, with a dog, I was always wanted to be a police dog handler. Okay. So I would just like to do it just for having, you know, a little skill, a little bit of fun. You, yeah. you could do it for fun. Um, the, the, they're not cheap courses, yeah. you know, and this is geared towards vocational training. Um, so, you know, the hope is once you've got that certificate, you can return to your home country and apply for work or apply for work internationally. So with or without a dog? So that's a good question. Again, there's lots of these good questions. <laughs> Thanks very much. Because <laughs> yeah. it could be either way. So um, certainly in the UK, if you were a handler coming on a course, you more than likely need your own dog because that's the way the industry works because you're a self-employed dog handler and then you subcontract to different companies or different organizations. That said, there are companies in the UK where you don't need a dog, you need a qualification as a handler, you would be employed and they would team you up with company dogs and you get a van and and kennels at home and all the bits and pieces that go with it. Um, I suspect, um, well, we are getting inquiries that people just want to handle a qualification. So in that case, then we would supply a course loan dog. So they're going to borrow a dog for the duration of the course. The way I train, and it is somewhat unique and probably make things difficult for myself, but you get a better result, is I train a green dog, so a mutt. Not green, as in the colour green. Thank you. <laughs> Meaning all the dogs were only green. Oh, well, this is great. Yeah. This is fantastic. <laughs> they blend in really. tennis balls that much easier. <laughs> so a dog that's had no training whatsoever. In fact, I want the dogs that are a little bit naughty, mischievous, um, don't want to sit in the house doing nothing. They're on the go all the time, obsessive with a toy, those sort of things. So even if you don't want to get into this, even if you don't require a dog because it, you don't, um, you're going to just apply for work to, to companies or you're from a, a police or a customs organization where you've got dogs when you return back to your, your, your home country. I will train you from the, from the grassroots. So day one, we're going to have a, a, a number of dogs. So we will have already had a look at them before. Some will be suitable, some won't be suitable. 
and we're going to go through a selection process. So they're going to learn the training process. I'm not turning them into trainers because it's too short a period, but they will have gone through a whole process and the ups and downs of that because it's not a simple process and there will be failures and there will be days where the dogs won't get it and there will be days where the handlers will probably hate me <laughs> and there will be days where they're going to think this is the best thing ever it was so easy and then one of the other guys or girls on the course will say well I had an awful day my dog didn't do this and I'll share that with them so they'll understand the whole training process how long is the course itself so the the drugs course is so drugs is is 32 days but there's two elements to that one is passive scanning so these are dogs that are trained to detect substances on people so crowds, entrance points, that sort of thing. And then, so that's 16 days. Then we have a little break of five days. And then we do a following 16 days, which is proactive, which are dogs that are trained to search open areas, buildings, routes, and vehicles. The explosive course, so that's actually got a, an academic level of level three, the drugs course. The explosive course is a level four. And, and as you would imagine, with explosives, there's a lot more involved with it as, as far as protocols and systems are concerned. Um, that course is 41 days. So that would be two 16-day modules and a nine-day module. I can understand the drugs one. And I know you can go and get some drugs and you can hide them away and you can teach a dog to sniff you, sniff it out. Explosives seems a little bit more, more worrying to me. Are you guys going to go and get some dynamite and some TNT and just... Processes the same put it around your place mm -hmm. can you let me know well, when you're doing that because i ain't going to be there it's, it's funny <laughs> we're going to come and use your office <laughs> <laughs> but uh, joking aside on the on the dog and the handler thing do you not have to have a relationship between the dog and the handler on this kind of stuff well because uh, yeah. when i see the police stop or the, the videos on tv or the like the you know the shows it's always dog and handler they live together they go out together they socialize together they're gonna have a few beers after work whatever i, I would argue the case that going off topic slightly but i would argue the case that if you've got the relationship with your own dog would perhaps put you in a better light as a team if you've got a handler an individual handler and an individual individually trained dog that are both excellent at what they do and you put them together and they don't have that that bond relationship they're both doing the job the, the dog knows what it's doing and the handler's there to do the reward and as long as they get those two together correct Equally, um, on, on the course, the first few days, we're going to be deciding together with the handlers and us which dog suits which handler. Yeah. So I need to get to understand the handler's way of thinking and whether they're a softy. Mm -hmm. So if you, you stick a softy with a, a tough dog, that ain't going to work and, and yeah. the other way around. So you, you, and it might be that we're a week, and I will say to people, if you do, don't fall in love with these dogs. Yeah. Cause you, and they do. <laughs> and they, they, okay, now nodding their heads and the, yeah, day, the afternoon, the day one, they're in love with this dog. And I might have to prize it off them in two days time because it's useless. It's a lovely dog, but it won't find a thing. Or I need to swap that dog with that, that dog and that handler with that handler because I think you're more suited with each other. It's worth also mentioning just in terms of dogs, um, what we're also perhaps looking to do for where we are is to use some of the shelter animals, some of the shelter dogs yes, exactly. here in Phuket. A, because there's a lot of good dogs that would be great at this particular work. And also from a... A PR perspective, not just for us as a company, but also for the dogs themselves. A lot of people would perhaps look down on those. Well, it's not a German Shepherd. It's, it's not a Malinois. I couldn't possibly do this. 
And as long as the dog's got the drive and the will to do the work, it doesn't matter necessarily about the breed. Although I would perhaps argue with Simon in, in Hot Pursuit that a pug, as gorgeous and funny and furry and lovely as he is, might not be the best suited for this particular work. But are you when you we talk about that, when you're going to go to the, the shelters... So we'll go to the local shelters. Which, but, but once I'm going to play devil's advocate, how does that work? You're going to take the dog out of the shelter, but then it might have to go back. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So the agreement we'd have with the shelter is that... And this is where I got Sassy. So Sassy was a shelter dog in the States back in the day. So we'll go to the shelters. We will take the dogs out for the period of, say, four to six weeks maybe a bit longer actually a little bit before the course so we can assess them and work with them yep these are the 10 dogs that we want they will then come onto the course some of them will no doubt be adopted by their new handlers now whether they're adopted because they're great at the job that they're going to do or whether the handler's just that the dog isn't what i need and i've got other dogs back home but i love this dog i'm going to adopt him as a pet anyway the others yes will then go back to the shelters the difference is they're now going back to the shelter with a much higher level of skill and training, which makes them that much more adoptable. And we could, we would organize with the shelters that towards the end of the course and whatever the, the, the timeline is, if there were people that were interested to come and see the dogs and meet the dogs that were now available for rehoming, um, just to sort of spur that particular process on. There, there is a big um, failure rate with the dogs as well. Mm. Not every dog can do this. So we, we do sort of a mini test at, at the, the kennels, if you like. And um, there's no guarantees that that dog's going to make it. Plus, if they've come out of kennels, who's to say this dog's ever had any play? You know, it might not have never been in a building before. You know, mm. we, all these things need to be, be trained. Equally, and I've experienced it myself, they have such a great time that they think this is the best time of my life. I've got one handler looking after me. He's playing with me or she's playing with me all day. And I'm being fed well and I've got a nice kennel and I've been groomed in the mornings. Mm -hmm. And it's fantastic. And they respond very well. From my side, I couldn't think of anything better than imagine taking a dog out of a kennels uh, here in, in Thailand um, that had a, a poor start. It comes on a course, it passes the course, it leaves the course with a handler and goes back to France, for example, and is now searching for bombs in some French airport somewhere. Brilliant. No, I agree. Yeah. It's fantastic. So when are the courses starting? So we haven't confirmed, it'll be probably in July, haven't confirmed the exact dates, but our first course will be running in July. Okay. And if people are interested, how would they go about getting in touch? Best thing to do, the, the usual social media channels, just get hold of Canine Point Academy. Uh, you can also reach out to Simon Mallon, Canine Training and Consultancy. I've got that right. I yep. did. Yes, excellent. Yep. We can put all the links and so forth in the description for the podcast, but yeah, either to email myself or to Simon directly or to reach out on social media. Just one other small thing to add, there will be limited uh, spaces yep. on all of these courses. Yep. We, they're not just run for as many people that want to turn up. So, And we already are getting a few inquiries coming in. So if anyone is interested, they need to get in touch fairly sharpishly. So could people bring their dogs to get trained even though they don't want to train as a handler? So, for example, could I bring Maximus, my boxer? I don't see the point. To oh, bringing Maximus, my boxer? Yeah, You've well, not any, met him. Any, He's lovely. Any dog. But that said, we will need coarse dogs. So if somebody thought they had a suitable dog and we tested it and they were willing to loan us that dog for the course duration and then get it back, then yes. But we're not training it to do tricks. 
you know, it's it's a bomb dog or it's a drug dog. So, so it does, there's not much point is, really. There isn't okay. much benefit to you other than the dog will have a great time. Yeah. Um, but what would you do with that dog's skill base afterwards? Although we could probably, if you were willing, um, borrow it on another course. Uh, but that said, if people have got dogs, and this is what I do at home also, if, if people have got dogs that they think this dog needs to work, it would have a better life working and they'll know. Perhaps they might like to donate that dog to us and we'll put it on a course and we'll try to train it. If he comes out the other end, then he's got a new life with a, with a handler and he returned home. So there might be people sat there at home going, actually, I've got that dog. And it's also worth mentioning, we're, again, if there were people in Phuket, and I know actually a couple of clients that have got dogs, that if they were to let us use them as loan dogs for the course would be excellent potential um, candidates. Um, but a lot of the people that are coming to do these courses are going to be coming from overseas, so from, from the region. And for them, if they want to bring their own dogs, yes, they can. We can assist with the importation of their animals and indeed the re-export of their dogs to wherever they're going. The the trick will depend on to where they're coming from and want to take that dog back to, in, just in case there's you know, quarantine legislations and things like that. And equally, if they are bringing their dogs, but their dog isn't perhaps up to scratch, you know, my dog's amazing, he's fantastic, oh, but he can't actually do the job, then it would be a case of we can run them through the course, but they would end up with a a handler certification, but not a team. And, and borrowing one of our yeah. course loan dogs. So, cool. Cool. So Sounds ex- good. Sounds exciting, interesting. Exciting stuff. There's a few, other, a few other things coming later on in the year, but again, this is one of the main ones that we're looking to launch. Um, and again, first course in July, and we'll get the dates. So are you signing ASAP. up for a course? Or? Me? Yeah. Absolutely. I'll be there. Well, there's with, one. With Maximus. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> good luck to you two. That's yeah. all I say. Um, excellent. Cool, man. Thank cool. you very much. No, thank you very much. We'll be back thank next you. week with... Um, Appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll be back usual time next week and we can start answering some of those questions. That You've got a lot in. to answer, got Russell. a lot to answer. I know. Excellent. That's right. Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Thanks. Bye. Thank Bye. 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 If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out K9 Point Academy. That's K9PointAcademy.com or go to Facebook and search K9 Point Academy. BarkCast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.